Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And it's on. I hit a button, and it's on like Donkey Kong. We're ready to get started. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. The, the guest, he is a serial entrepreneur, a business leader. He is a relationship innovator. Um, now, a few other people have referred to him as a, a, several other things, including a tech geek, a fitness freak, a podcast junkie, a baseball monkey, and a six-string shredder, which all we will have to ask about. CEO and founder of Alice, Greg Segal. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. So, man, you're a busy guy. And the, I was telling you before we hit record, I got lost in your site. And we're going to talk about that. Alice is fantastic. Lost in there in a good way. I was just, I was fascinated. But let me do what we do here. This is our marketing leadership series. We want to talk about gifts. We want to talk about personalization on this show. So I'm going to pass you this thing. It's kind of heavy for me, but I know you got it. Ugh. Okay, here you go. Thor's hammer. You got yes. it? Oh, one-handed. Look at that. Just one-handed. One-handed, yes. one-handed bat. You play tennis? Come on. That- fit- fitness freak. Fitness freak. Now fitness baseball freak. is my, was my like, game. Ah, just another you know? workout. Thor's hammer. Light <laughs> as a feather. Light as plastic, even yep. though it's a real one. It's the real one. Okay, so take it's Thor's hammer. Real. Smash for me yep. some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. So the biggest myth that I think is going on in marketing right now is that uh, automation and personalization, uh, I actually think it's doing more harm than good. I think it's actually destroying business relationships right now, um, and it's even more exacerbated during COVID. So it's personalization has, been, has a misconstrued perception. The promise has never come true. Um, automation has been something that has you know, added more and more noise to the world. You know, it was fine back in 2006 and 2007 you know, when, uh, when market automation was really taking off. But at this point right now, it's, we have to have a fundamental different approach to how we're actually um, building relationships in business. You know, marketing and sales yes. has, to, has, to, has to have a fundamental difference in how it's actually going forward. Um, it, you kind of came out guns blazing here. So oh, yeah. personalization is what's pretty much every marketer is trying to do more of, and you're saying it's more harmful than good. What, what's the harm? What's happening that we're not paying attention to? Well, think about this. If you are using personalization and the way I define it is that personalization is about how you take data and drive somebody through a buying process, right? So if you think about it, the B2C companies in the world are very much built around data. You have Amazon that knows everything about you, what you're going to buy next. You have Netflix that knows exactly what movie preferences you have and what you're actually going to watch next, right? Because they have billions and billions of data points that are around there. And the issue with marketing and sales right now, you know, both in the cadence world and the sequence world and the, you know, automated, you know, workflows and all those things that are, that are happening right now, all of those are just, are just adding more noise because there's not enough data to actually drive you through. And what the misconception there is that personalization is actually you being personal, but it's so easy for you to be able to read through what personalization is. It's like, you know, hi Casey, you know, or hi name, right? You're from this company with blah, 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 you know, X, Y, and Z things that are are there. And that's actually doing more harm than good because you can very easily sniff out whether you're part of a cadence or a sequence right now versus somebody taking the time and effort, you know, and the investment in the time and effort to be able to actually show that you're, you're really interested in really trying to make a personal connection with somebody there too. 
Totally, man. I just, I, I mentioned the other day that I got a sales call from a company that was spamming me and they were annoying me. And I was trying to figure out what I could do on principle to like, let them know they're doing the wrong email. Cause I'm like email marketing automation guy. I was like, Hmm, what can I do to teach them something? And I got a cold yeah. call from an SDR rep who was like, Hey, I was listening to some of your webinars and whether it was recording or not. Like I was like, Oh, and had several minutes of like talking about some of the things I had done. Even it, it, it was and maybe that's just a drop in the bucket to what we're talking about, but it was way more than what we're talking about here, which is like, Oh, I know your first name. Hi, Casey. Uh, I'm calling Cheshire impact. And I would like, to, it's like, yeah, everyone knows that, you know, it's, yeah. that's, you're right. It's not personal. We think it's personal because it's more than a blank email, but it's, I mean, I mean, junk mail is, we wouldn't call that personal. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I think any, you know, to, to your point there, if a rep is contacting me and I get solicited 50 to hundred times a day from all different folks, really? uh, it's very easy. Yeah. It's very easy to, uh, it's, you should see my promotions tab. Now I basically just see the market spam or just drag it to promotion. You know, if you if want to put your email out on there. this show, we can just get you. Oh, you can just add that. Yeah. It'll be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll just keep debunking the myth. I'm going right, to get the first hammer. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So you're getting a bunch of these things. Yeah. So you just get a, a ton of them and it's, and it's really interesting how it's actually really interesting as a side note, who puts me on a list to target me and why I'm on that list, right. you know, which is a totally separate thing we can riff off of, you know, separately, but just staying on the personalization side, the difference between somebody, you know, being relevant to you and, you know, that's what we call the nine to five, right? That's anything that's like firmographic demographic, you know, how your product might be able to help support me, et cetera, et cetera. Those are things that help to show that you're actually trying to add value throughout the entire cycle of the relationship. But, you know, the pace, piece that's missing right now, is how do you relate to people? Because when you're, you're trying to actually build this one-to-one connection in a world of super abundance of noise, how do you actually get to the one-to-oneness? And that's what we call the five to nine, or I try and call the five to nine right now, which is you need to figure out, like you just said, fitness freak, you know, baseball monkey, yeah. podcast junkie, you know, like there's, there's like, that's me, that's you. We've talked about this, you know, previously in terms of, you know, some of the background and, you know, New Hampshire and, and you know, right. stuff from before this relationship. Um, that is what builds emotional resonance. That's what builds rapport and trust. And the, the relevant side is super important for you to be able to think about in terms of how do you, how do you, you know, drive that through, but it is really important to understand people are people, you know, there's, there's been this, you go back even in the last 10 years, that was the whole, like, you know, underpinning that it's human, human or people to people. Now is the time where it has to come to fruition because especially take COVID, it is insane about how much digital noise there is out there, you know, right now and how much that people are trying to actually, you know, break through the noise, but there's, they're, they're doing it in a way that is so spammy and still about the numbers and not about the quality. They're scaling quantity. They're not scaling quality. And if you look at really good examples of that, you know, like uh, Kyle Coleman at Clary, you know, and his BDR group, like, I think they're, they're one of the like really good teams that are, uh, they're driving towards quality over quantity. Um, And there's a lot of, uh, Kyle Coleman, who's, um, uh, I think he's head of revenue or I forget what his, his exact title is over there, but uh, I was on a podcast with him recently cool. and we were just going off on like, how do you craft, how do you show that you're taking the time and effort to do this? Because people have a very easy subconscious to understand that you're either investing a lot of time in them or you're not. And that's, that is super important for, you know, for somebody to be able to see. And if you don't see that within an instantaneousness, I mean, it starts with the subject line, right? If you're not, yeah. if you're automating the subject line, even in cases like that's actually detracting from what you're, what you're doing, you know? Got it. Uh, okay. So let, let's, let's circle back to the, so the nine to five is, 
the data. And sometimes people, we even complain about not even having that data correct or yep. it's wrong. Yep. And it's yep. almost like table stakes now. If you can't get someone's name right, like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. just check out. Like, you're not, this is not for yep. you. But okay, but that's not enough. Even if you get that right, I mean, there's all these apps and all these partners, all these people talking about get essentially your nine to five data correct. What, what percent is that helpful? I mean, versus the five to nine, like, do you, do you need both 50-50 or like is one way more important? Is like the five to nine just like totally it? No, you have to think, you know, if you take the, the nine to five and the five to nine, yeah. they're both equally important. Because you have to be thinking about this. We call this personal experience in terms of like the, the category that we're, we're trying to coin right now, which is the fundamental is how do you take all these one-to-many, you know, touches, right? I hate the word touches. I think it's like super creepy in marketing. It's the same thing as like <laughs> impressions. Impressions and touches are very similar because it's like a one-dimensional thing. It's like, I'm just impressed, you know, giving you an impression or I'm just touching you, you know, on something that's there. It's not bi-directional, right? So the, the step away from touches and impressions, which is what everybody thinks about is interaction. You're trying to create an interaction with somebody. And then the next step after that is how do you go from an interaction to a moment? Like if you are in person with somebody and you're sharing in something that becomes a moment, that is when you have this like relatable aspect that's happening with you. You can get to an interaction by being the nine to five, by being really relevant and understanding how can my product and how can what I'm doing, you know, be relevant to the goals that you might have, especially in B2B. But there's a difference between that versus showing that you're actually a human being, right? And that that five to nine is not just about like, oh, here's my interests and my hobbies. It's like down to how do I want to be sold? You know, who am I as a person, you know, and all those things that play into it. And, and what's, what we're talking about, you know, very much internally with our own sales team and as we're starting to talk with a lot of our, our customers that are using Alice and, and you know, just dis- adopting this approach is you can train and do discovery as much on the nine to five as you can on the five to nine, huh. right? You can start asking all these questions about who they are. Like in the age right now where, you know, we are seeing each other's backgrounds at home, sure. you can learn more about a person, you know, than anything else in, in history. You can see all the crazy, you know, children's books, which are probably more my books, you know, you can see like the, <laughs> you know, crazy skulls and things that we have here. And you can ask questions about that. Right. It, cha- it changes the dynamic in terms of the conversation that you're having with somebody and the ability to actually create a human, you know, bond, you know, personal bonds, you know, with right. folks as well. So personalization is not being personal. There's a drastic difference. And you're going to notice that the whole world is going to have to move to personal experiences where it's a one-to-oneness and you have to treat each individual inside a company differently because they want to be sold differently. They have different goals, you know, differently. And I think, you know, the, the whole ABM world and, you know, ABX and, you know, all the stuff that's, that's sort of the, the uh, you know, the hot to trot stuff that's going on right now yeah. is still on the company to company or company to brand level. It's not on the one-to-one personal level, right? So there's a difference between customer experience yeah. and, a, and account-based marketing versus a personal experience, which is literally you've got potentially two to 50 people inside of, you know, the vendor and the customer that have to work together and have to be building bonds and trust and relationships with each other. And that's, that is the, that is the movement that you're going to be seeing, especially over the next couple of years as to how it's going to move from quantity to quality. And I'm happy to, you know, we've got a lot of things we do internally that, that we're moving towards that, you know, ourselves, you know, testing that out because it's hard, especially in terms of, you know, I know your audience and, you know, having a lot of friends in the, in the uh, marketing ops space, you know, there where, you know, it's like, well, what are you doing? You're telling me that my job is gone. And that's not true. It's just how do you change and take a entire cadence and entire workflow and look at them and say, where would it be better for me to instead send a send a generic, you know, 
message? And how can I take that generic message and sort of, you know, build a maturity model towards a personal experience hmm. and make it as one-to-one as possible, right? And can you make that like a, an, a, a reminder or a task for a sales rep to follow up on, you know, and do the work to show that they're investing the time rather than just being like, well, here's my cadence. I run this. I'm involved in this in marketing and there's not that, you know, marketing and sales alignment, which is, which is another big problem, you know, in the day in the world that we're in right now too. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a lot, but I feel like it's like the first time I watched the matrix, you know, and you're like, Whoa, what? He just learned Kung Fu, you know, like how did that happen? <laughs> this is a cool movie. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're in the matrix, right? Talking about it while being on a podcast like that's so meta but i have two questions related to this please yeah um and i want to make sure i I ask them both so i don't forget them the first one is how how do you train and how do you discover the five to nine and then the second will be how to your point how do you actually do this at scale how do you build it into your process yep um so for the first question you know how do you train against this the same way that a sales team is going to go through and build a discovery questionnaire, you know, like you have your, right. your, you know, attributes in terms of like who your ideal customers are, you understand who those, who those folks are. That's a, that's a, um, you know, same thing you can do in terms of discovering an individual person. So like, you know, there's plenty of information out there right now that you can find on most people in terms of what it is that, that it's about them. But you also don't even need to know anything. It's just learn how to stop asking, where are you, where are you located? How's the weather? You know, like mm. move past how's the weather and start talking about something that's more important being like, ah, oh, you know, I just got back from blah, blah, blah. You know, where have you gone recently or whatever it might be, you know, in terms of like, Hey, I haven't traveled or, you know, I, my kids are in school. If you know that they might have kids or something, there's ways that you can tease out and ask questions and talk. And if you're vulnerable in the beginnings of those stages, it allows you to learn more about that information that's there, right? So gotcha. that's like on the one-to-one level that's, that, that you're actually targeting, you know, these individuals, we'll be a good especially COVID when sales there. Sorry, a good COVID question because we're not traveling really right now. And you're like, hey, yeah, you just say like, going back to like, school? You know, you just ask something like, hey, is there any, what, what's the, what's a hobby you might have picked up since COVID started, you know, okay. or something like that, right? You know, yeah. there's like, there's like things you can do or think questions you can ask around like, okay, you've been stuck at home, you know, if you've done any house projects, you know, what hobbies have you picked up? You know, um, if you know they have kids or dogs, you know, like, what are you doing in terms of, you know, going out or whatever, you know, there's all, all those things are, are, are valid questions that you can actually ask and how you're, how you're training yourself to start being inquisitive as much in terms of let me get to the pain points, you know, of, of, you know, who these, who these folks are using any of the sales methods, you know, they're there. It's the same thing in terms of personal, you know, experience methods. What are you doing to actually help to, to connect, you know, and bond with a, with a person on a one-to-one level? If you have that conversation, it fundamentally changes it because you're actually opening up vulnerability on that side for those specific folks. Right. And from a marketing ops perspective and from a marketing automation perspective, which I know is a big part of the, you know, big part of the audience here, it's how do you link up with that? How do you use that information yeah. to then be able to silo and, and segment that, which is part of your second question. Yeah. Well, how do you scale this? Right. So, you know, I was, I, again, I'm trying to be more, not, not plugging our own product here, but the way we do it at Alice is we use our own product. Because what we're able to do is have gifting as a big portion and swag, gifting and swag as a big portion of the entire customer lifecycle, prospect through, you know, customer. And the beauty of Alice is that, you know, you send something to somebody and it's not about me, it's about you. And as you said in the beginning of this, you know, you got lost in like, you know, a couple thousand different options that are there. Those options, it tell me something about yourself when you, yes. when you pick one of those options. Can right? you see my history it's, too? Because I looked at like a 
30 things. Can you see that I looked at 30 things? I don't No, we don't see those things. Does I mean, Alice, I think that would be can she big, see it? <laughs> yeah, we have, we have that data in the background, you know, because okay. we know what things you're, what you're, what you're looking at, but that's only to use that talk about, you know, personalization. That's how we actually personalize the marketplace, right? There's a lot of, you know, things behind the scenes that help you do right. that, um, which is like, you know, going to e-commerce world, we can geek out on that another time. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I can, I can see at the end of the day, like once you pick something, right? Like I sent you a digital, a digital portrait, right? Because right. we were talking about your kids, you know, yeah, and, right. you know, I knew about that because we went into it. You know, we're saying I have a four-year-old, you know, I, you have an eight and a 10, you know, eight and a 10 year old. Right. You know? And so like, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the beauty of it. So if you chose BarkBox, you know, cause you say, I don't know if you do, you have a dog or not, but like now I'd ask you, ask you about your dog and now I can do this at scale and I'm using marketing automation to help really build this program out and then give this information to sales reps to now actually be able to create a personal bond with you. Gotcha. So you know I, I didn't actually select anything yet. So you're saying after I select something, there's like a question about it? No, because I just know what product you selected. Oh, you know. So what if you if you pick, you know, like um, uh, Birchbox or you pick Barkbox or you pick, you know, uh, you know, a portrait or you pick, you know, whatever's on the thing, even a Nike gift card, like you just yeah. told me something about yourself on the five to nine. Yeah. So now. I can take that and I can actually just use that as a, as a conduit and high, high confidence to be able to have a conference conversation with you. Gotcha. So that information is like it. in CRM or it's in marketing automation and we can trigger some stuff off of that. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so gotcha. now you have that information and now sales can use that marketing automation can use that. And now you have the ability to start, start driving it. So that that's an Alice way of doing it. A way to scale it outside of that is you just have to have marketing and sales alignment around take the entire you know, journey that you're actually mapping out for okay. what the experience is going to be for a prospect through a customer. And again, just pick out those moments that you want to say, you know, it would be much better if instead of it being, you know, uh, you know, a, a blanket email that's about the product updates we have, it's actually an email coming from our product manager who launched that product and there's a video attached to it. Right. So, being on the five to nine is not just, like I said, is not just about interests and hobbies. It's about who you are as a person and how you, you make that personal bond one-to-one. So I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of good examples. Yeah. One is whenever we send out emails, we never send an email from Alice. It's always from an individual person okay. always. So if you think about the maturity model of moving to one-to-one, you just say, okay, instead of us, everything being branded, you know, X, Y, and Z company, you fundamentally change them to be from that individual person and you try and put a face to the name, you know, that's there. It just humanizes it, right? It, right. it makes it personal because now I'm seeing Casey's face, you know, creating a video to me and that's it. You can do the same thing in terms of, you know, like your, um, you know, product updates inside your app. Instead of it just being like a, you know, little like, oh, here's all the updates we've had and here's our release notes. When I have a video from the product manager that's saying, hey, yeah. we're excited that you're checking this out or even your CSM. Right. And saying, hey, by the way, you know, here's a video. I wanted to tell you about these, these new cool things. I thought it'd be really great for blank, you know, and I can blast that out to the, you know, hundred or few hundred, you know, users that you have on the, on the place. And again, if you're high volume company, high volume product, you know, like a, like a HubSpot or something that has thousands and thousands and thousands of customers, you can't do it as, as easily, but you can scale the personal aspects of that, you know, as much as possible um, around right. it. So that's the key. And drop, drop in the person that, owns the relationship even so that they can see their face, but the humanized side of it makes sense. Stop trying yeah. to be so, um, you know, clinical and like a clean hospital hallway. Just, yeah. um, speaking of which my background is needs, needs a little, little decor. I have an orange wall and that's it. Uh, I know. The ceiling. Yeah. You have so much yep. more interesting things behind you. Uh, maybe this is yep. my secret so that salespeople don't know what to, what to pull up. They don't know <laughs> yeah. five to nine. Yep. 
Um, or, it, or you're just going to get a ton of artwork now. That's, that's the other thing that you're right. Get, They're like, you, know? you need right. some artwork. Actually, I found one on your site that was, it was cool about, it was mountains, nice. you know, and yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. And I, I spent, um, I don't want to say an hour, but I spent, I was walking this morning with coffee and I was like scrolling through and being like, show me 12 more, show me 12 more, show me 12 more. It really yeah. interesting seeing just the different kinds and right. So this is like a, not a litmus test. This is the way you're allowing people it's all, instead of filling out a form and, and asking them maybe a, a creepy personal question on more of a business form, it's like a nine to five form. You don't want to necessarily ask them too many questions. So you're just allowing them to self-select and that tells you a lot about them. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And the, the other aspect of this, and actually I want to you know, hear some of your opinions on this too, is yeah. when you are, when you are, you know, investing into somebody, there's different ways of communi- you know, the communication channels that we have right now are email, LinkedIn, phone calls, you know, you know, obviously gifting and direct mail and you know, swag and some of the other things that are that are out there. And events are obviously off the table right now, although there's obviously virtual events and things we can we can you know riff off sure. of, you know, as well. Um, when you are my wholehearted belief, and I and I think this is the other big move that's gonna happen, is that there's so much about marketers and sales folks that are just about trying to get attention. They're just like, just get me the attention. And what the big movement on top of what we've been talking about is going to be is going from, you know, how do I just get attention to how do I drive action, right? And the issue right now is that if you're just thinking about it, well, I'm just going to come up with some kitschy thing that's going to help, you know, get the attention of these people, fine, you might get their attention, but you haven't actually like, uh, like moved and solved two things, which is moving the personal relationship along as well. And the fundamental concept around that is just as the email that somebody's sending me or LinkedIn message that somebody's sending me needs to show me that they spent time so that I'm not just immediately in the first line already like, you know, disengaging from it and just deleting. You have to show me that you've invested time and effort into that investment dollars as well. Don't send me your water bottle. I'm not going to use your water bottle. I have my own water bottle that I use all the time that I I really like, right? right? You know, and that's the whole other fundamental side of it is when you're investing into somebody, we have to be looking at it as like, it's not just another channel that you're just trying to turn into a spam, you know, channel because that is going to become less and less effective as it goes. You have to actually use those investment dollars, you know, to build that bond and learn who that person is and get to the five to nine and get to the nine to five and allow yourself to build rapport and trust, you know, through that process there too. And that, that's the other thing you're going to definitely see as the other big movement that's going to happen from the one, you know, one to many to, you know, one to one, it's going from persona to person. Like we're going to move more and more from persona to person as, as the, uh, as the, the, the time goes on here and the companies that adopt that sooner are the ones that are going to be the ones that, that win because that's how you're, you're adjusting conversion rates by, you know, many percentage points instead of just a, you know, half a percentage point or, you know, fraction of a percentage point, you know, uh, for, for things that are there. Well, it's true. There's so much noise out there. Um, and just like we were saying, like you gotta have decent data on the nine to five or you're not going to be able to play ball. Just the generic stuff just gets washed out. So targeting a particular group or maybe a particular buying group and the way they like to buy maybe it was like the jv version of getting toward the nine to five how do they like to buy show me a comparison chart and don't call me or like some of the the personality of them or how they experience it it's like trying to hint at that but do you know have you heard of adele rovella no what is he that? wrote the book buyer personas i feel like i, I want to have you both on like like a yeah handle yeah. discussion and be like all right, go ahead, talk. I'm just going to step back here for a second. Yeah. But, but yeah. I, I totally see it, right? Because persona, 
it, it's helpful, but I think it's because there's so much super bad marketing that like someone who does just like okay marketing or we just get a little bit more tailored people are like okay at least it's somewhat relevant but to your point it's noisier and noisier this technology has been out there for a long time you you can't just spam your way through this you can't just cold call your way through this you got to have some kind of thing that makes you stand out otherwise why are we playing and, and these kind of things get i can see how you need a tool because otherwise i mean unless you're training your sales team I mean, is there any other way for marketing to get some of that, that five to nine, the, with, other than like a tool like yours? Currently, no. Right. I mean, I think okay, there's, so you're, there's you're it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, this, this is something that we're trying to like really, really, you know, pioneer and really drive right now, which is like, how do you get to that, that, that level of, of understanding who a person is and really drive that forward. Um, so there are ways you can do this. And, and I also want to make sure that, you know, it's not coming across, you know, uh, an Adela Ravella, I think it was, we said her name was, you yeah, know, Adele. Um, you know, Adele. So like, you know, the, the thing that you have to understand is that personas have a place. Because you, you have to understand how do you develop messaging around personas. What I'm saying is there's going to be more and more a movement. The companies that think about, okay, this is a persona-based point, you yeah. know, that in, in, the, in the interaction, which right now is a touch or an impression or whatever you want to call it at that, at right. that stage. How do you go from that touch and impression to a moment? And how do you pick the highest impact points of the cycle to be able to do that? Typically, the places you want to do that are where you're having the biggest issues in terms of your, of your, of your funnel, right? So like right. different folks will have issues higher in the funnel. Well, you need to really figure out how do you drive that, that better because you might not be able to get as many meetings and many things as you want. Some people might have middle of the funnel where you're in that stage and you're saying, well, oh my God, we keep getting stuck at this place. Well, you know what? Maybe if you actually have more vulnerability and are able to actually build a deeper personal connection, you can understand why are you getting, you know, sort of shut down in that, in that center stage of the, of the, you know, the pipeline there. And again, think about it, middle of the funnel, down bottom of the funnel, like you're now into the buying committee in many of these cases, and you're trying to figure out how do I get, you know, my champions throughout the organization? How do I build multiple champions throughout the organization? How do I go through up, up the chain to build more champions, you know, inside these organizations? Because that's how you get, you know, more, more uh, advocacy throughout the organization. So you, all you have to do is you just have to start thinking, how do we go from persona to person in these individual areas? How do I build more sales and marketing alignment through those points? And now you're starting to actually make some progress there because you can use this method and this approach in those high value points where you're actually having the hardest challenges inside of the funnel, you know, itself. Yeah. That, that helps. Right. Because in my head I was kind of getting overwhelmed because I'm like, uh Oh, I have to get personal on all these stages, all these steps. And we're not saying yeah. throw out yeah. everything. We're just saying nope. to your point, look at the whole journey and where the like point click, like where are the points, the gaps. And if, by the way, that's like the number one. So if you got to map out your whole journey, if you haven't, you need to. Right. But then when you do that, you identify gaps. Oh, wow. No one converts from this state. We lose half our people in this particular part or no one's calling us back. Whatever that case may be, mm -hmm. maybe that's a time to drop in a superpower where you get super yep. personal. You get, you, yep. you, you go five to nine on them. Um, yep. Whereas the persona might be great for other parts, but then where, where do you really need to encourage them? I mean, you're not sending, you're not sending a gift every step. You're right. You're, no, no, you're no, picking no. different moments to make personal, personal calls. That's cool. Yep. I like that. Yeah. The more, per, the more personal you can get there. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, there, no, but no, the no, more personal you can get in those, in those points, uh, you know, you're building that bond. You're, you're using, you know, in our case, you know, you're using, you know, an investment into that person as a way to actually drive the action and also drive the, the, you know, the, the bond, you know, yeah. with that person. 
and it's not just like, oh, here's like tit for tat type of thing. Go, 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 you know, and you're just throwing, throwing the stuff out there. And, and again, I want to make sure that it comes across here. It's like, you do not throw everything out. The goal is this is a mm-hmm. transitionary period where we are going and, and it's being exacerbated by COVID because that everything, you know, all the channels have been condensed down. How do you have, take yeah. those channels and how do you really, you know, leverage this in terms of, in terms of this? Like, you know, I, I hate even direct mail. Like I, I hate being bucketed into that because I believe direct mail is still very much in the touch impression world, you know, where it's like very much, I'm just going to throw something out there and I it going to like give it to you. And maybe like it's effective, right? And it's also effective because it's a channel that's being underutilized right now, which is right. where we're, you know, where we're growing so fast, but our approach to it is very different again. And I think that's the thing that marketers have to understand here is like, you also don't need to invest dollars at those moments. You can actually just infuse people to mm-hmm. the high value points and start to actually figure out how do I, how do I merge that through and how do I actually you know, mix and match um, into those points. You can start very slowly. You just pick pieces, points in journey and you, that's where you can start building you know, really tight sales and marketing alignment around that too. Right, right. Um, the progression made it so clear for me when you described impression okay like means nothing really that's why i mean no one i think in marketing really especially in the b2b world is like ooh, reporting to the executive board well we've had thirty thousand impressions this month and if they are please people stop but um yeah. you know thirty thousand impressions. but no no it's the touch but then you're like okay well what is a touch really we bo- you could bother someone and that can that counts as a touch you could help them out and that it's too it's too vague it's, and to your point it's creepy right? i touched 30 people today <laughs> and you're not in jail. Like what's going on? <laughs> um, but then it goes to interaction, which makes sense. Um, and then moment, like ha- going from interaction to a moment. Interaction is great. Sales interaction. Cool. But how do we make that something even more special? Not just the sales call. It's a sales call that where you're both talking about buying furniture for homeschooling. And you're like, Oh yeah, that's crazy. I got mine at, you know, Ikea and whatnot. Right. Like a real yeah. thing that feels good. Yep. How have you, how have you dealt with this? You know, I know that's sort of, uh, we're riffing off this, this, uh, you know, next phase of, of, you know, marketing and this personal experience, you know, era is what, I'm, what we're calling it. How have you done that? Cause you've done so many implementations on yeah. the marketing ops side. Um, how do you build out those journeys? Cause I think one of the key things that I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on is like, as you go through those journeys, how are you thinking about this in your, in your perspective, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy question. Um, to think about after having this conversation, but uh, you know, a, a lot of it just comes down to reminding ourselves that there's like a person at the other end of the number. And I think we always have to remind ourselves when you see like 30 or 280 leads or MQLs or SQLs or whatever the stat is, it's like when you, at least in a system like part out one of these, you can click on it and it shows you all their names. Like back in the day where we, all we had was Google analytics it, they don't want you to know who the person's name is. So even if you tried to hack it to drop some data in the cookie, they don't really want you to know. Their, they, all, they just want you to know 80 people went this direction, 40 of them converted, right? Like that's all we want you to know. And this is what they paid on Google AdWords, right? <laughs> that's all they want to share with you. But at least with some of these tools, now you know specifically this person went through that path. And they took all these in, in individual actions. And it's really neat to see their name and all of that. Um, but you're right. It's very easy to, to get stuck and just see numbers and, and just build some God awful drip campaign that punishes people with terrible emails over and over again, that they're just going to have to unsubscribe from. Um, so a lot of it, we really tried to train sales teams to use 
the information that we're capturing. So we're like cooking the hell out of people and we can see that they lingered on the pricing page. We can see that they registered but couldn't attend the webinar or this or that um, and really try to train the sales team. to. It's almost like the same way that you're talking about making moments, making moments with the nine to five data, right? So we've been already trying to train them. So you can see this information. We would always tell people, especially in sales, like, look, I know you can see that they're on the pricing page for eight minutes. Don't call them and say, I see you're on the pricing page and are you confused, you know, um, or, or you saw that they couldn't go to the webinar or something. If it refer to that as I was just thinking of you wanted to check in, you know, um, unless they actually yep. registered for something, in which case I saw you registered. Were you able to attend? Cause I got some files for you. If not, so kind of use yep. that to really show that you're paying attention. The left hand knows what the right hand's doing. Um, but the moment that we create with those kind of uh, apps would be like, I can see if you're live on my site right now and doing some research. And it's a great time for sales to reach out because it's not interrupting you. You're actually, this is the same task. Like I'm just trying to help you do your research. Hey, is this a good time? Actually, yeah, I was just reviewing that document you sent me. Oh, great. Good timing. What a coincidence, right? Like, oh, what a moment. So like not, not as magical as a personal, personal moment talking about kids or hobbies or for me, sci-fi or musicals or whatever, uh, mountain climbing, but, but still a moment where you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so we tried to do that. And then also on the person, on the email, really kind of make this distinction between a, a personal email and a corporate email. And I think, and you were, you were starting to get into this. We could talk about this. I think a lot of people blur the two and the, they send a, a personal le- corporate, you know, like combine whatever you would ever combine those words, like corporate or personal like they it's in this thing but people see the corporate part and they're like peace i'm out they like to your point they can sniff when they're in a drip campaign well they can definitely sniff when they're in a mass email or mass linkedin you're like i'm out i'm totally out so um really trying to change the way we send emails if we want to make them long you know edwardian love letters make it corporate because we don't write long emails to each other if you make it short you know make it actually from you like a composed new message and you send. So really been trying to treat, uh, talk to people about sending um, messages that look like I just hit compose new message and send. And then there's some more advanced things of like, can I send stuff related to what you've been clicking on and what you've been thinking about trying to create, I don't know if it's a moment, but at least a, a quality interaction, you know, yep. as personal as it can be. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, I love what you're saying there in terms of like, you know, it is about getting to the person. Yeah. And, you know, when you're talking about, uh, again, going to that, that three phase, it's like, you know, the touch impression, you know, place where it's like you said, it's like, okay, I've had 30,000 touches or 30,000 impressions. Cool. You know, but just really, what did you get on the other side of that? And more importantly, right. it's what is the, what is the depth of what you got on the other side of that? Because you can also see, oh, I drove this many people to the site, but what was the downstream effect of that? And I'll tell you, the more you can get to the moment side of things, the deeper the relationship and deeper the, the, uh, actions and the downstream effect it has on those specific actions, because you're right. building, you know, deeper human, human connections, you know, in terms right. of that or personal, personal bonds in terms of that. Um, what's interesting too, is when you're talking about, uh, I can see who's on my site and I can see what they've looked at or they're lingering on the pricing page or they are, you know, taking this specific action that's intent, right? Yes. And that intent Mm-hmm. is really the key thing in terms of like being able to be relevant because you can actually see that there's intent to buy and that's, that's your buying signal, right? And the buying signal needs to be matched with what is the actual needs of this person 
right? right? And this is where personas do help in this case because you can actually start to actually boil it down to be like, well, what is this person thinking? We think we, what they're looking for because it, it gives you a jumping off point to then ask more poignant questions instead of being like, what's your day to day? Like you need to know who that person is on the nine to five as deeply as you will get, have to get to know them on the, on the five to nine, you know, and that's, that's just the reality of it. And everybody has something they want to talk about, you know, on the five to nine, but the reality is, is you're selling and you're, you're going to end up delivering because you have to deliver value. It's business, you know, business to business and how you're actually interacting with that. So it is really critical, especially, you know, in the marketing ops group, you know, and teams that are, that are listening in, you know, here that you are thinking about how do I take that data and how do I take that information? Yeah. And then make sure the, communication is super relevant to the stage of the buying cycle and the buying journey that that person is going through and then trying to match that with how does this person actually want to buy you know yeah. that's there and that's a hard thing to do and you've got to, you've got to figure that out and that's where you start thinking about well maybe this is a better place for us to inject you know sales or human you know human interaction around what is what is otherwise a very automated you know automated approach that's happening you know from my recollection um, persona tries to address how they would buy I um, and tell me if you agree or not with this. And then it almost sounds to me like, uh, and then this actual personal five to nine data is what um, buys, you know, get not buys, you build the trust, like that trust and rapport where people buy from people they trust, right? And they, they, they hey, there's a quote, I think it was, um, I remember who it was, but like if people like you, they'll, you know, they'll talk yep. to you. But if they, if they trust you, they'll buy from you, you know? Yep. Yep. So is yep. that is that addressing that? Do you see do you see a place for personas for the how they like? I mean, how does what gift you want talk to you about how you want to buy, or is that done separately? I think it's I think it's done separately, <clears throat> but you can figure that out by using you know you think about it as like what's your Trojan horse to be able to actually build a bond with somebody, and this is like right. high right. beginning stages of the relationship, totally. right? I mean, yeah, you're you're like in the beginning stages who is this person as an individual and let me just get to how they are because you're going to find the Darth Vader's who like literally don't want to share anything. They just want to be sold to and just show me the value. And if I think there's any value there, I'll listen to you further. Right. There's just right. those people. There's many other people. And again, remember in B2B <laughs> there people buy, yeah, there's many Darth Vader's, but you know, there's actually a lot less Darth Vader's than you think there are because people care about specific things. You can always tack in, tap into something. But you also have to show it, you know, and, and I was talking with um, a guy named John Barrows, who's a sales trainer. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, he, he's, he's been asking on here. a lot about this, right? Yeah, 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 that's right, right? So, you know, John, John uh, is very much the, the, like, show me the value. And then I'll tell you about my, my daughter who wrote, you know, help me write the book. And, you know, then you get into like the personal thing and, you know, uh, and, you know, how much she loves like Boston sports and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's there. So you just, you just have to feel that out and just be able to get better and better at how you determine, you know, what that person is all about and, and how they want to buy and what they, what they care about, you know, and, you know, there's, there's those questions and that's where you start asking more on the personal level, who are they is one piece of it, but what are they? And what are they trying to do and how, what's their process? And like, you can't, you can't fake authenticity or caring. Like that is totally. something that you could take me being like, oh, you love mountain climbing? Oh yeah, well, I love mountain climbing too. And then I hate mountain climbing. I just, that's the reverse. <laughs> but like, you know, like, I like, like if that you're just too. going in there. Yeah, I heard, it was funny. I heard a, um, uh, I was on with, uh, with another podcast and, and we were talking about a story and the sales guy had used um, 
he said it flat out on, it was like a, a big group. And the guy said, yeah, well, if I find out that the guy likes, you know, went to the university of Florida, I'm just going to be like, I love the Florida Gators. I'm like, they're going to sniff through that in two seconds. Like that is the most inauthentic That's way for you to be shit. able to like, yeah. totally stupid and, and cheesy and whatnot and that's the attention grabbing techniques that people are going to have to understand you have to get away from that yeah. so again when you're getting to the persona and how somebody wants to buy those are those are different things right because i can show you three different cmos and i'll tell you if you have a brand oriented cmo if you have a you know tech data oriented cmo you have a like product marketing oriented cmo you know like the, wherever they're balancing you know on their on their strengths you know in those cases those are very different people you have a quantitatively driven analytical person who's mm -hmm. going to definitely want to buy differently than a probably very emotional brand based you know cmo who like is probably more about that emotion so you you have to like dig into a lot of that and learn it and again we're in the very early stages of this of this movement that's taking off right now yeah. it's like we all have to work on this together we have to learn you know, and we just have to be authentic and genuine. And like I said, you just take the general approach of just take all the touches and, and impressions that you're throwing out there right now, take the corporate stuff and try and turn it into personal and take a maturity curve and start picking those, those moments out or those, those places out that you want to turn into moments and then start to start effectively, you know, scaling it using that, that approach. That is, that is by far and away, it's, it's, it's changed the way that we market and sell, you know, at Alice, you know, with everybody, right. like we want people to not only like us, but trust us and trust doesn't come unless you build rapport with somebody and genuine authentic rapport with that person and then show me value and that's where marketing ops and that's where marketing air cover and stuff can come in to help really support that as well yeah so the the attention grabbing it goes back to the whole just trying you know people trying to struggle to get likes to report on it's like no it doesn't really do anything it's not moving anyone forward um yeah. can't fake that it you know it's almost i almost was thinking that early on when you were talking about this is that you know, sometimes people will join me on a podcast and in my invite, I'm not just like, I, I have received, I don't know if you've received like a mass email invite to a podcast and it feels really weird because you're like, how many people are you going to interview? Like I interview a lot of people, but there is no, and we have process, but there is no mass email to invite you. So my message would be like, Hey, you know, come, come chat. And uh, Holly, I talked to a couple of weeks ago, loves sci-fi. And I was like, we got to talk sci-fi or someone was like musical theater i'm like let's talk musical theater and they're like yeah. yes and but yeah. i'm not i'm not full of shit i do love those topics and i would like to hear let's let's chat about it maybe yeah. we talk 20 yeah. marketing and we talk 80 percent sci-fi books like i'm i'm okay with that yeah. um yeah. <laughs> i don't know if anyone else is but like the and being genuine is, is so important these days and so whether you're using information you get from marketing automation and it's telling you the nine to five or this other, all these other superpowers, you know more about them. Yeah, you, you just can't, you, you can't fake that, that caring. You really do need to care. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think you, forget about you said it. this before too. Yeah, exactly. You said this before too, which is like, think about the person on the other end. And the problem right now, if you just, if you just take like the highest level concept here as to why this, this, this movement, you know, this next era of marketing and sales are, are going to take, take shape yeah. is because people are going to want to understand, am I being marketed to the way I would want to actually be marketed to? Am I being sold to the way I want to be sold to? And in reality, that's going to all become one stream right? You see that already happening where mm. sales is being moved further up the funnel, marketing is being moved further down the funnel. And there's this major overlap that's happening and major, you know, uh, change that's happening in the marketing and sales world. Yeah. So how do you really think about that as one stream instead of 
you know, and I think this is the whole, like, you know, we've seen a lot of this stuff around, we've talked about this for a couple of years, like the MQL is dead, right? And I know that's like a, that's a hot button topic that another, for another podcast or something, right? But like, several you know, episodes. <laughs> several, yeah, right. So you have, you know, most folks, and it's still good to define these things, but you just have to understand what, what are the cases there. And when there's a hard line between marketing and sales, it is very hard to scale this, right? And so mm-hmm. you're talking to a lot of these enterprises that we have, you know, most of the companies that we, we deal with are like very large enterprise organizations. Um, and there's, there's a challenge there because you have to be getting buy-in from both teams to adopt this approach. But when they do, the quality and, and, and like, you know, conversions and everything just skyrocket because they're adopting it all at once. And, and, it's, and it's very transitional. It's very much like small pieces by pieces as you're taking through that, that process. And, and everyone just has to be bought off on it. And again, it just comes back down to, for God's sakes, like I have tons of stuff publicly available. You should be able to talk to me about Cal Ripken or, you know, guitar or, you know, books or anything, anything else that that's, you know, I'm, I'm super geek about. And, you know, fitness freak, you know what I mean? Like, you know, those are all things that, that you should just be able to like, uh, you know, lean in on and, and also understand like what I'm running the type of company. The best thing is when somebody sends me a gift and it's, and it's like, I'm running a gifting company for all intents and purposes. Right. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, seriously, come on. You know, like, what are you sending me? And why am I getting like my oh, third I was university say, jacket? Gift, but you're saying no. they're like cheesy as hell. And you're like, I, oh, my God. Yeah. Horrible, 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 horrible. Like, now, they sent because you, you also gift, don't know if I don't do it. If they sent you a gift with Alice, maybe. So I will tell you, uh, one of our customers, I'll leave it nameless, but one of the largest companies in the world. And uh, they used Alice they signed up for it. You know, this is back when we actually had like a free plan, you know, this is about a year and a half ago or, or two years ago. We sort of killed that since, since, since then, because we've gone upstream to much yeah, larger yeah. enterprises. But when we were doing like the self-serve model, we actually had a, a, like AE use Alice and send me a gift and a handwritten note and everything was all included Hell inside yeah. of that. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, like you get the business no matter, like you you win the roost. And I've had that happen a few more times, you know, since then, um, you know, uh, as well. But like, again, it's, know who I am and know what my buying are. Also know my, my, my environment because right. that plays into how you'd want to think about this as well. Right? Like, right. Oh, if you're, if you're selling to like Envision or GitLab, that's totally remote. It's probably a totally different approach on how they're thinking about things in their process versus like, you know, a very, and again, this is COVID, but like typically a very office oriented, you know, culture where it's like all everybody's in there and that's it. Or healthcare, good example, right. you know, where everybody's in, in, you know, can't, can't do their job unless they're in place. So it's super interesting, you know? Yeah. And I like that it's a balanced approach because, um, yeah, there's that quote, like when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Like, oh, let me fix this loose screw with my hammer. You know, we're not saying um, that the nine to five data isn't important. That's great. You got to get that. But that that maybe won't get you the call or maybe won't get you the connection um, to, to be able to make, I mean, first, not even moment, but to make even that interaction happen. You may need something it just shows that you're investing just a like five, five seconds worth of time more than everyone who's at zero flatline zero it would be fantastic yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard of um crystal <laughs> another another gal oh, yeah. yeah so yeah crystal yep. so uh drew yeah drew's a friend of mine he's the ceo um oh, cool. and uh it's super interesting because we've we've you know, they do the personality side of things, right? They yeah. use the disc assessment. 
you know, for it. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting because they have a lot of like the, okay, how do you send an email? What's the personality type, you know, for this individual, right. you know, that's, uh, that's there. And that's, that to me is part of that, that five to nine, right? I mean, that's right. part of the, like, you know, who is this person, you know, outside of this and, you know, how do you want to sell, sell against them? Um, you guys need to merge I think there's like a lot PayPal of, and X did. You can be the next <laughs> right, right. Um, you know they're they're uh, interesting because you know it's like how do you build the personality and that into you know the the process there and right. I think they give good good suggestions on like emails and like how you you think about that and what the approach is that's there too. Um, and I think that's a good that's a good stepping stone for how you how you communicate with somebody right. how you communicate in different stages you know of uh, you know the buying journey that's there as well. Um, but yeah, they're you know Drew's an awesome. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for years and years and years and years. Um, you know since he started since he started Crystal and even what's his, his favorite business, thing? You know, what should I message too. him about? <laughs> what's his favorite thing? Um, he is like the ultimate tinkerer. Like okay. he is. Um, I mean, I'll just make an intro if you want. But no, like he I is. I'm just curious. Yeah he always has like side projects and side things going on. Like, you know, I'll talk about somebody who's just got like geeky ideas and things all the time. That's we literally like just building about stuff too, stuff. like with his hand, like, like, no, 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 not, no? not in terms of like, you know, uh, physical, he's a oh. coder, right? So it's oh, like, coder. Got it. Like, yeah, like, uh, projects you know, there. He's, coding. Yeah, he's got a project going on right now where he's basically trying to figure out how to take all the spam, basically all the things we're talking about, all yeah. the solicitations and how to take those solicitations and basically like combine them. So if I'm like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, Casey from this company, you know, contacted me, like I can remember and go back. Oh, there was a sales rep that I should have known that, 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 you know, had that, had that thing. It's, he's always got these ideas, you know, in terms yeah. of how, how that's rolling, but he's the ultimate tinker and, and, and whatnot. We just, I'm a business geek too. So I love, I love Revit business model you know things with that too oh totally i just i see yeah. some some mad wizard somewhere is thinking how can i automate alice and crystal and find out people's nine yeah. to five change yeah. my my nurture campaign based on that drop in a yeah. nice gift i know we have so only so much time i feel like i could probably schedule nine more of these conversations these <laughs> great can you talk to me yeah. about gifting because obviously you're the gifting god and that's what your that's what your company does and have you seen any, any, is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? Um, yeah. Is there a wrong place to put it? Is the right place? And then are there any sort of th things you've learned just from gifting people things that maybe it, it works terrible or it works fantastic? Any kind of hacks and tips? Uh, I mean, we can go on for hours on this one. Yeah, so let, let me try it. and hit upon cancel like, the, the, call, top, man. the top. <laughs> yes. Cancel. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, there's a number of things. Let's start off with like the timing, you know, okay. of, of gifting that's in there. Um, as you mentioned before, and as we've talked about before, you don't want to just be gifting to just like, you know, pen it, you know, pummel somebody. Like if you're just spamming somebody, you know, with, with gifts and things like that, it just, it comes across dis disingenuous. So the, the fundamental thing when you're thinking about timing is again, going back to those moments and figuring out like that needs a human interaction, a human portion of that to be a, to be a part of that. And if it's not like, if you're automating it through market automation, which we do have, you know, as part of, uh, part of Alice, you do it in terms of like, you know, thanking or, or appreciation or, you know, trying to drive action for like, you know, bulk, bulk, you know, things that are happening. So for example, um, if you're doing it one-to-one, -one, you want it to be from a rep. Like it just should be from a rep as much as possible because the rep can customize the message, can build some sort of a relatability around that. And it shows that that person put the time and effort behind it. If it's just a generic message that's attached to that, then it's kind of like cool, you know what I mean? But you read right through it and you're like, oh, I must be part of a campaign that's yeah. there, right? So you can still create templates and make it feel 
very personal, but mm -hmm. you still have taken, you know, the 30 seconds to customize the message and do the things that you need to do to be able to say, oh, I wanted to send you this because oh, I've always used this for blah, 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 whatever it might be. Got it. I felt, sorry, real quick. I felt like your okay. email to me was a great example of that because you had said, you know, like, hey, I'm looking forward to the chatting on the podcast. This is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And then there was like a part where it's like, if this gift doesn't suit you, feel free to donate or exchange it. And I figured like that was probably something that needs to be in every message. But for sure, the first part was yep. like super excited for the podcast. So to your point, yeah. the one-to-one -one had some element of like, no, this isn't, oh, I got dropped into Greg's app now and now I'm in it. You know, it was like you sent yep. that to me type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think you can get even more than that, right? Because I was going to yeah. write something about your kids in there. Sure. Um, you know, just because like, because I sent oh, right. you a, a digital family portrait, right? So that that's one thing I probably would have done if I wasn't in like, you know, speeding up and you right. know, having the podcast. Right, and, yeah, and going yeah. From there, right? <laughs> so like that's, that's, you know, but that's, that's an important thing. So that's the one-to-one. -one. On the gifting side from timing, when you're dealing with like the, the marketing ops team and like trying to automate this side mm -hmm. of things, you have to be thinking about it in terms of where are those moments that it makes sense for me to, to, you know, do it in bulk. For example, if you're trying to drive people to a webinar, you know, you can make it where it feels like it's personal, you know, and, and you're doing this. And again, typically we like to have that coming and we have functionality in Alice specifically, like where you can send it from the sales rep to those people. Mm -hmm. So like imagine you're matching up, you know, the accounts, you know, with the reps and like the folks they want to be invited from and whatever it is, or it's the person who's putting on the webinar, you know, important. that's there or the yeah. event. That's super important. Same thing on the flip side. If you're trying to thank you, know, like all your speakers or all the people that attended the webinar or the coffee chat or whatever it is, you can send it from one person and automate that. And like the message doesn't have to be overly personal there but you're just saying hey thanks so much for attending blank there's your relevancy right this event that we just had that was here you know hope you got a ton out of this you know here and i hope you know hope this really makes you you have a brighter day right and you can still it still feels personal to that person you can, you yeah. can automate that as you as you go through but again if you notice everything is one-to-one -one. it's not like blank company is just blasting these things out being like hey take a meeting and i'll send you a drone you know or you so know I'm gonna send doing you, my, that, Do you have anyone like disobeying the law here and just no, I mean, like Alice, the Alice model, the Alice model doesn't allow it, right? Okay. Because everything is, we do not have the opportunity to send the actual thing because I'm very much against it. Like, I think I feel wholeheartedly that you can surprise and delight somebody and you actually get more from them by inviting them into an experience where now they are investing their, their, their time and they're investing their like emotional and psychological you know, er, er, essence into the marketplace and the experience you just started going through yeah. because it gives you the power of choice to decide, do I want to opt in or opt out? If you just send me something and something shows up, you're basically forcing something on me. And it actually, and this goes back to the myth we talked about, it's actually doing more harm than good. If you get, even if you get 20% response rate on like, you know, something probably pissed off 8% of the people. Right. And so you're, you're but, hurting like, yourself by, by just sending a water bottle and pissing 80%. Yeah. Just send, like, sending it off. Like, um, great. Now what am I gonna do with another water bottle? What the heck true. am I going to do here? I got or you send me a bottle, box yeah. of crap, right. You know, right. of stuff where I'm just like, what am I going to do with this stuff? And it's super wasteful. And, and that's it. It's like, you're going to be really annoying more people than good. There's no campaigns, you know, or virtually no campaigns unless you're deep in a relationship with somebody that's right. going to have more people that you've actually, you know, made a positive impact on than a negative impact. And there's this really, this, this misnomer that's going to go into this whole era that we're going to be moving into where it's going to move away from like everything having to be branded. And it's much more that the people in your organization are your brand and those personal experiences that the folks are building between you, that, that person and somebody else is really what's going to help to actually push the brand forward. And by don't, don't get me wrong. Brand is insanely important because that sets the tone for who the company is and, and for you know, the, the values of the business yeah. and the people like don't, I don't want this to come across, you know, the wrong way there, but, 
you know, balancing more on the people representing the brand is super important because you can have the most fun brand in the world. You take like Gong, for example, who I think does a really good job branding. Yeah, I talked you know, to and I think they have like, yeah, right, you know, Udi's, Udi's amazing, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and, and super smart with how you do that. But if all of a sudden the sales rep gets on there and gets very transactional and like isn't in the same mindset or whatever it is, it's a total, it's actually conflicting the brand and creating a negative reaction, yeah. negative experience with them versus versus a positive one as well. So that that is all these things are going to be converging more and more and more. And you're going to start yeah. to recognize that marketing's role is twofold. One is you have to build awareness and you have to show value and you have to do that, but it's going to be value on a one-to-one -one basis because it's going to move more and more towards how is marketing like supporting the brand, but the brand is actually being using to, to prop people up inside the organization. And you see that happening with like the progressive companies using social to be able to do that. You know, you've got a lot of these more progressive companies that are, that are, are, are pushing on, you know, elevating their own individual people, you know, to the forefront of this. And that's more in the early stages of that. And the second role of marketing, again, this is the conversions of marketing and sales and CS and AM and all the other stuff that's happening there, is, um, is marketing's role is to help uh, push on those one-to-one -one relationships. The more marketing can do to help drive those one-to-one -one relationships, the more power and the more unification around these personal experiences you're going to be able to actually drive inside the business, which helps dig roots inside the organization, which then helps get you rapport and trust. And now you've got these buying committees that are like really connected to you more than another vendor. And yeah. the deeper you are with those, with that, with those people and those, those personal bonds with those people, like they will trust you more than somebody else. And they'll actually say, this company is going to take care of me, even if you're feature, feature deficient on certain cases. Right. Sure. You so there's, them. there's, you trust them. It's also going to get you through like the, the really tough times, you know, where you, you know, every single company, we have our screw ups. Every company has their screw ups. Totally. The companies stick with us because we built personal experiences with these folks and we've built bonds and we've talked to them. We know who they are. We know their kids' names. We know like all these things that we've trained our team to really build, you know, you know, personal bonds on. And that goes so, so far, you know, and again, if a product is super crappy and like, that's it, of course you can't solve everything there, but a, right. a company will put up with a lot more, if you've built that personal bond with somebody, then, then not. Right. If it's a transactional, they'll, they'll ditch you the first sign of trouble. It's like, oh, nothing's yep. invested here. You know, I, it totally hit me when you said that, you know, brand has its place. In my mind, the brand like empowers the team employees themselves, but you're right. The customers, when they write glowing reviews um, are typically like, they're not like, oh, that, that Cheshire Impact Fist just is in my dreams all night. They're like, no, it's the Peters and the Leanne's and the, you know, all the people on the team, the Jennifer's, I, they're so amazing. They take care of me. I trust them. We'll keep working with you forever. It's because of those people. And they're not thinking about the brand per se. They're thinking about um, the team, but the team was sort of, to your point, uplifted by that brand and empowered to be someone that someone could trust. That's really, I like that, that comparison. The brand, it, you have to think about the brand as the, as the playbook and the guardrails for how a company conducts itself. Yeah. It's the tone of voice. It's the personality. And yeah. then everyone has to exude and embody those brands. And you know the brands that do that really, really well, right? And, and yeah. the values that they stand for. And that has, to be, that has to come through how you sell, how you market. And yeah. the companies that, that connect those things together are really important. It's not your logo. And that's the biggest misnomer. Let's go to myth number whatever, get the hammer out again 37 like, you know you still have the hammer. 37 you know yeah. yeah still have the hammer it's like the brand is so misconstrued in b2b right now in terms of what it is and the companies that get it that it's like the brand are the people 
and the brand are the guardrails and the playbook as to how the people interact and communicate that brand and the values and everything else, you know, forward. And those come across in every bit of communication that you have with any single, you know, organization that's there. Like from a marketing ops perspective, from our own internal perspective, I'm looking at every piece of communication and every one of those points. And it's like, what are we doing to exude, you know, the Alice values? And how do we show those, you know, how do we show those, right? And ours is first is give first, give consistently. But that's like, how is that being taken through every single thing that we do? It's never about us. It's always about the other person. Every right. single time that we talk to somebody, how are we delivering value every single time? How do we connect with somebody else every single time that's there? I think that's just such a big misnomer. And that's another thing that goes back to like the direct mail, like I'm going to send my water bottle or my, my branded box or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, you made a brand impression. But you know what? The person could have actually done a better job of connecting and saying, well, I'm representing this brand that's there right yeah that's the key that's the real important point yeah i've seen that hey you can send these chocolates or these caramels or a starbucks gift card but it's the note who it's from um if it's from some anonymous entity you don't really have a love for unless it's spacex and it used to be apple but otherwise it's a, you, it's the person you have a relationship with that you appreciate that that sdr rep that called me i like her and I took the meeting because of her. I don't like her company yet. <laughs> they shouldn't <Yep>. get confused. <laughs> I'm like, yep. uh, that first part was good, but like, let's go. To your point, show me the value. So powerful stuff. Yeah. Hey, yep. my question for you, who are you? Who are you? What, what, what is your five to nine? Can you take me back in time to like the days of like little Greg growing up? Like, where'd you grow up? Yeah. Who, who are you? What was it like? So I uh, grew up in Connecticut. Um, okay. I was, uh, you know, I have uh, two brothers. So I have one older brother, one younger brother. Um, I was always like, I was just always a geek, you know, always sure. like a really, my, my biggest things when I was younger were, um, you know, art was a huge thing for me. Uh, baseball was a monster thing. I played baseball through my whole, my whole career, um, oh, you know, all the no way kidding. up through, okay. through into college and, um, and guitar. And those were like my big, my big three hobbies. And, you know, part of baseball also is like baseball cards and, you know, we can go the Gary Vaynerchuk, like, you know, baseball card route, if you want to, want to geek out about that. That's cool. um, and, and, you know, I always like, I don't know, just, I always was like, I never knew it was business, but even when I was dealing with like business cards back in middle school, I was already trading up, trading down, you know, always like at the time you had this Beckett book, you know, was the, was the like oh, baseball yeah, yeah. card value, you know, sure. uh, thing. And I would always be like trying to time and decide who do I trade for and what are the right, you know, what are the right things. And I always create themes and stuff, but then I ended up running almost like a ba baseball card, like, you know, business behind there because I was buying nice. and selling baseball cards. So I go to the baseball card shows, I'd buy them, sell them to all the middle school kids and, and whatnot, you know, and, and, you know, that was, that was a way I made, you know, a bunch of money in the early days um, for that. And so I was just always trying to enterprise, always thinking about different ways of, of, you know, of doing that. And that sort of carried into, you know, through high school and then, you know, into college. And, you know, I guess, you know, going, going to the five to nine or the personal side of things, you know, my, my parents claimed bankruptcy my freshman year going into college. Really? So, so it was one, yes. and it was Boston University, which at the time, this was what, 97 or so. Sure. Yeah. And so, at the time, maybe it was forty-six thousand dollars a year. Now it's like sixty-seven or eighty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars, or eighty thousand. Probably still whatever. is, even if it's virtual. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, let's we'll go off on that topic. I have a whole, I have a whole another. You know, I have actually a LinkedIn post queued up just specifically on like even my thoughts on education. But um, the you know they claim bankruptcy. So what happened was was that that you know it looked like my parents made a lot of money, and then I had no financial aid going into freshman year, and I was like, "There's no way I'm living oh, at home." Like, no. frig this. 
not doing it. So I ended up working, my college life was working three jobs throughout college, you know, so I was a security guard, you know, for, uh, for one of the art, art galleries, which is wow. cool because I was getting paid and I can also do my homework, my, you know, and all the girls that would come major. by to check out the art. If you like, I mean, that was it. You're right? safe. You know, it, <laughs> in, in the, um, in the, uh, in the fine arts group or, uh, uh, program at BU, it was nine women to one man you know, wow. for, for every one man. So that was, that was the ratio. Um, I actually ended up marrying my, 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 uh, uh, my wife actually was in all my classes at, at BU. So that's, no that's kidding. another you guys little, met there. Little, thanks. Yeah. We met there when we were 17. We didn't actually date while we were in college. It was eight years later after we graduated college that we were all like, you're kind of cool. You're kind of cool too. And then, you know, and then, wow. uh, and then went from there. Um, and then, you know, so I was working, I, I was the security guard, so I was able to dual, dual purpose my, my homework and stuff there. I was able to, um, uh, I was actually a data entry analyst for the MFA, you know, at the time okay. for, for a couple of years in there. I could, that's a whole nother story for another time. Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, the, the big moment for me was my freshman year, which is where, uh, you know, this, this company at the time called Back Channel Media, it's, it's defunct now, but uh, hired me to build out their website. And this is like 97, right? Okay. So I was not you know, I, I started to pick up computer science, then I took a first computer science class, and then I just became this like super, like super enthralled by programming and, and engineering yeah. and, uh, and drove, drove through that. So that was where I learned Flash, you know, Flash 1.0 and yeah, Director in like the super early days, you know, of, of the web and uh, built a bunch of websites, helped him with all his stuff, did all his marketing for him. And he was paying me 15 bucks an hour to start, you know, throughout, throughout that. And I was able to, to pay for BU my first two years with my own cash. And that was, uh, Dude, that's that was, hard, you know, my, man. You worked hard. It was, it was, it was, uh, but looking back, it was like, yes, I didn't get a chance to party and do all the fun things that most folks, you know, be able to do, but it was like the beginning stage of my first company, which is what I launched at 19. And then that turned into, you know, my agency I ran for about 12 years and then, you know, grew that to be one of the largest, you know, e-commerce agencies and sold that off, you know, in, in, uh, the end of 2012. Yeah. And then that led me to, you know, uh, fiddling around with a few different startup ideas and, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, ended up having my daughter and saying, oh, well, I'm going to have, you know, my daughter, I might as well start a company, you know, like really go gung ho on, on a startup, you know, which is Alice. Um, and, uh, you know, so I had my daughter, you know, it's about four, four and a half years ago, a little less than four years ago, four and a half years ago and started Alice. And so those are my two, my two, uh, I'd say my two daughters, right. You know, so Zoe and Alice, so A and Z, (laughs) you know, that's there. So yeah, it's been, it's been wild. And, you know, the Alice, Alice story, just to be honest, was, was one where, you know, I ran the agency and walking away from the agency, you know, it was, it was hard because I didn't really feel like the impact on employees was really awesome because I saw how far they have made it. And like, I keep in touch with so many of them, you know, mm-hmm. from, from that time. And, you know, we were about 500 people by the time I left Jeez, and, man. you know, it was, it was really, it was really cool to see that whole entire process go. Um, and that was a bootstrap company, by the way. So that was, you know, uh, was, was a different experience than this, Hell but yeah. I wanted to create a company <laughs> that had, had, um, had, uh, you know, just, just like impact on the world. And when I looked at how much money was being spent on gifts and rewards and swag and, you know, direct mail and, you know, events and all this other stuff, it's so much wasted money and how much tens of thousands of dollars of stuff over the years that I ran my agency of stuff that people treated me to and gave me and all the stuff that I remembered, like it was just, it wasn't there. It was nothing there. And I said, well, if I could solve and build a business model that's built on helping other people and the core of the business model is giving back, which is why you see like, you know, I think we're somewhere between somewhere on the order of about 15% of people donate now, you know, their, their mm-hmm. gift value to a charity, of their choice. Like we're donating a huge amount of money back to charity already in just the size that we are now, you know, and we've six X over the last year. 
Um, Quick question. And, uh, yeah, please. I saw there's a link on there that says not interested. What's the percent of people that click that? Actually, it's pretty low. Darth it's probably Vader's. sub 1%. One percent. Yeah, it's the Darth Vader's, but you know, maybe it's maybe it's higher than that. Um, but what's awesome about that is that gives the sales rep um, information on, hey, I'm not ready to buy now, but thanks for thinking about me. You know, which is interesting. The other thing that's interesting too, as a side side note on the on the gifting side too, is uh, we have a lot of people that don't accept the gift, but still take a meeting or connect with the person just because either of, of policies or other things. And Got that's it. the beauty of the Alice model is you're not actually exchanging anything monetary value. So you're not, you're not um, dealing with compliance issues or anything else that's, you know, that's there. So that was another big piece of the model. Um, back to, back to the, the, yeah, the yeah. model itself. You know, the, the whole thought process was if we could just get, you know, this spend to be going through Alice by default, you're going to be giving back such a huge portion. And secondarily, by giving the power for the other person to exchange for anything they want on the Alice marketplace or donate to a charity of their choice, you're saving billions and billions and billions of dollars of wasted stuff that's happening right now. All that crap that's at this, you know, at conferences, all the stuff that you're sending to each other. I mean, that's, it's such a, it's such a huge waste, you know? Um, so that's, that's the driving factors. The bigger and more successful, successful Alice gets, the more yeah. we're able to really, you know, embark on this big social mission, which is really the underlying, you know, value, which is give first, give consistently and drive the whole business around that. And I want to see that play into how do you also build authentic bonds and personal bonds with people. And that was the whole thing came together nicely, you know, in, in the early days when I was really thinking about like, how do we create a, a company of, of major impact in the world? Yeah, I, I could see. And did that happen after, I mean, you've did, you've done the company to like, I don't want to say that, for, you know, one peak or any other ones didn't have like, core values but like you did the you did the business business so now you're kind of like looking for like i've already done that so what can i do now that has more of that sort of global impact on yeah. what's around me yeah i think you know you should you know you know this too and we've talked about this before is you know once you have kids mm. you recognize that the world is not about you anymore the world revolves around your ability to make the world better for them right and you want everything sure. in your power as a parent to make them you know, more successful and give them every opportunity that they have. And especially having a daughter, and this is something I'm like super passionate about is how do you empower women, especially in the tech world right now, in the VC sure. world, something else I, I advise, you know, um, I think it's up to eight women, uh, women founded startups, you know, in Boston right now wow. um, and around, it's not just Boston. And, you know, I'm trying my damnedest to say, I want my daughter to have every opportunity to have equality of, uh, you know, and equity, you know, of, of like her opportunities, you know, that are there as well. Um, so I'm, I have a very big passion, you know, for that as well. How old did um, you say she was? My daughter's four. Four. Okay. Um, yeah. So mine's nine and I'm, I'm with you. Like there's something like, Sons, there's a thing like I get to wrestle or whatever, but like there's a I have a special place in my heart with my daughter. And uh, to be clear, children, if you're listening to this later, I love you both equally. Yeah. But in, yeah. in in different in fun ways, they're unique. But like yeah. you're right, daughters, and and especially when you you read about different things with women and tech industry, and who is it Uber that had some like scan like the developers that were just like, yeah, oh, this is gross, you know. Um, yep. go Lyft, <laughs> go yep. go anybody that's having trouble with COVID, but um. But yeah, like, man, I, you just want them to succeed. And, but I tell you what, though, your example it is more than a lot of things out there. Like her just seeing you create. Because I know my daughter's like seeing me do weird things, but me, I'm encouraging her. And, and instead of being like, I'm going to, you know, you know, work here, work there. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to create a, I'm like, what company would you create? She's like, it's going to sell toys in the mall. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, like yeah. encouraging yeah. that yeah. as opposed to being like, yeah. no, you got, you got to go to school or, you know, do some subject that's stable. Like, no, do, do whatever, like 
go find your passion. Like I've been finding mine, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it's amazingly well said, right? Our, yeah. our job is we want all those opportunities to be there and it's not, it doesn't mean following our footsteps, right? right? Actually it should be find your own way. Yeah. But you know, show and like, it's our job as men, right? Especially, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, the age and the, the place we are right now and like really not seeing these like, you know, like the movement and the, and the, you know, the, the polarization has actually brought out like positivity and awareness of the situation is more about sure. the action we all need to take, but it means that it's individually on us to drive that through to make oh, an totally. impact on the world. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And for our daughters, you know, both of us, like it is critically that we're setting the example and we're doing everything in our power because it's like, it's the same thing with like, you know, Black Lives Matter or, you know, like um, with black, uh, black folks, right? It's important that us as white privileged males are the ones speaking out and doing the, taking the actions to be able to open up those opportunities. Otherwise, like there's nothing, like it, it doesn't matter. I don't care what side of the fence you're on, like sure. people and humans are humans. It's like, yeah. you, know, you know, market to me and sell to me the same way, treat me like you'd want to be treated yourself. And that, that is just the way that the world really needs to be thinking about it as we as we move forward and for our daughters same damn thing like yeah. it is critical that we are we are constantly thinking about how how we you know uh you know change the dynamic and we move the needle you know forward you know for for that as well so yeah yeah Passionate. yeah well said man absolutely i i think what helps here too um is you know like i'd argue like you know your, your children are people you love more than yourself like so you would do anything for them and so if there's an issue that one of them might be facing. You want to champion and do whatever you need to do, you know, with your own attitude and other people to make sure that they at least have the confidence to call out the bullshit and still go for whatever they want to go for, you know? Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Couldn't agree yeah. more. What is What's the most fun thing you do with your daughter? What do you, what do you have as like your little special, your special time? Um, you know, lately it's been playing Uno. Have you, really? Have, have you remember that game? Have you played that lately? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she. My daughter hasn't really grasped the concept. She has frozen two Uno, um, so we we, we do a cheater now. version. Yep. You know, we've got yeah, Barbie Uno, now, yeah. we've got Mario Uno, and you know what? Sometimes they have special cards that do little yeah. special things. But you know what? Like yeah. the kids have both gotten to the point where they're old enough now, and the three of us will just sit down and we'll just we'll just do that. Before COVID, it would be going on like little date nights, mm -hmm. best thing ever. You know, we get to a yeah. restaurant. I'm like, I need your best table, please. This is a date. Yep. yep. Um, and they're all like, oh, you're like, yeah, but uh, it is. And then we just yeah. you know, sit across from each other at a booth and just have a great time. Meanwhile, yeah. mom's back with, you know, son. They're having, they're having their own. He's taking her on a date, you know, or just you know having yep. quality time. So I love having those conversations. She's very um, analytical, but also like she's very instinctual. So she's like me 4.0. So I just, it's really fun yeah, to talk yeah. to her. And then I don't know if you've had this happen yet, but like when they just, they say weird things, you're like, yeah, actually that's a, that's a great point. Um, or little observations. Or one time I, I joking like knocked on the table cause it was a wooden table, like knock on wood. And she was like, what is that? Tell me about that. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, let me tell you about this. So it's yeah. been, how about, how about yourself? Uh, so I do daddy daughter day every single Saturday or, and, nice. or Sunday, you know, that's nice. our, that's our, like our special day together. Um, and if like we're doing, we have planned on Saturday, we'll make it Sunday and stuff. Lately we've been doing, um, we have like, we have this like little ritual. So we have these, uh, and again, COVID sort of like re restricts it. But totally. um, the one that we've been doing the last few weekends, other than I was on vacation the last two weeks, but like we go down the Esplanade in Boston and, you know, she rides a full pedal bike now and we just ride for, you know, about three to four miles on, wow. uh, on the Esplanade. 
and you know, I started at BU. I always tell her the stories about college, and then you know, we <laughs> drive, we drive, and we we're both like I call you know we call ourselves Ninja Warriors. I'm like obsessed with American Ninja Warrior. Yes, um, have you ever done to it? The point would where you? I was telling you. Uh, I would love to do it. I think I would have to work on hand strength, you know, there, you but look like you, you, know, could do it. I, you know, I, I, so <laughs> here's a, here's a little funny five to nine story. So, uh, they just put in an American Ninja warrior, uh, like a lot of the obstacles about five minutes away from my house, outdoor, um, playground wow. that's there. And so I went to it and, you know, the first day it opens with my daughter and there's that, like the, the kids version. And then there's the, you know, the adult version and we call each other ninjas and we always do daddy, daddy, daughter, ninja day nice. uh, or daddy, daughter, ninja time. So we'll go there or any other playgrounds and we come up with some like nin ninja names. So like you know, one is called ninja chip because it's like all got all wood chips on the bottom. One's called ninja spin because it's got this crazy spinner thing, which is the one on the Jeez. Esplanade and stuff. And, uh, and, you know, I went to the, to the, um, I don't know, whoever watches American Ninja Warrior here will, will understand this, but there's the wall and then there's the one to two inch ledge, you know, ledge, and then you go from one ledge to the next, to the next, to the next. Okay. And so I did it, you know, I went through the medium, uh, medium level course uh, on like a Friday night that, that it was there. And then I went back Saturday morning with Zoe to start daddy daughter day. And I was like, I'm just gonna do the hard one, like the really hard, hard level. Nice. And I went up there and I put my first two hands up there and all of a sudden I heard pop, pop. And I pulled and tore uh -huh. both tendons in my ring finger, which is you know, super uh -huh. tasty. So I've been out just from hanging know, off from hanging off. It was like, it's, was it the, it's the, the if you're, you know, in, in rock climbing or any, any climbing, there's like closed crimp and open crimp. And I was kind of like stuck in the middle and it kind of, you know, missed oh. there. And so right here, you know, on both, both of them, I pulled the, um, it's called the, uh, the A4, uh, uh, pulley, you know, inside of here. And so the A4 pulleys and both of these hands got, got torn. I didn't get full. I didn't like, that's a self-diagnosis by the way, but like it's getting better. <laughs> you know, and I can like finally do this, but it still hurts a decent amount, you know. So it's not like, so, like completely torn. They got something, you damaged them. Yeah. The, if it yeah. was completely torn, like you get into these, never web MD yourself. Like that's the other <laughs> yeah, thing. I'm I know, trying right? not, to, <laughs> not to do it. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, but it was definitely, I could tell because all the symptoms were the same and I watched a bunch of rock climbers that have talked about their, their finger injuries and how they rehabbed it. And so I was just following a couple of those protocols. Let's be honest, YouTube right is more helpful for medical things than, uh, <laughs> than web MD. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you're actually right in, uh, you know, but it's also scarier in some cases too, because you're like, should I trust this guy that has like 300 views, you know, but like, man, it's like a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them are anyway. Man. So that's, that's our, that's our daddy daughter time, you know, that's like cool. we, we love it. We always go out. It's like a full, you know, full time from like usually eight or nine in the morning till, you know, one o'clock. And then, uh, in the old days we used to do like sushi and ice cream in the afternoon and, and all that type of stuff, but sushi and ice cream. Things. Hell yeah. Not not at the same time, but yes, usually. Well, when all this together. COVID stuff is done, we, we got to do a double daughter date sometime. That'd I love cool. it. I'm I'm absolutely game. That'd yeah, be anytime cool. on. Yeah, sweet man. Well, hey, where can people connect with you? Throw out some links, social platforms, some Alice URLs, just all, all the stuff at us. Yeah, so uh, alice.com is the company. So it's A-L-Y-C-E.com. Um, you can reach me at greg at alice.com, G-R-E-G um, at alice.com. Oh, now you're going to get like um, 100 more offers. LinkedIn. That's yep. fine. Let's see. You know, I'll just keep keep filling up my uh my I'll get my own Thor's hammer on that right. one. Personalizing and, people. Uh, come on. Yeah, come on. Be personal. Um and uh and then you know LinkedIn is the best place for me, you know, okay. to, to reach me. Like I check Twitter and I'll I'll be on Twitter every once in a while, but like LinkedIn's my place. So right. find me on there, Greg Siegel, S E G A L L and okay. go from there. What's the best place to, uh the best way to check out Alice? Do you is do you sign up for something? Do you get a is there some videos? No, just check check it out uh on you know the website is the easiest place to find the information. You know, it's on there as well. Um and uh you know, 
can also write to me. I'm happy to connect, you know, connect folks internally there. We don't have the self-serve version anymore. So um, it's all, it's all enterprise right now. Got it. So it's so really people should be checking this out. Well, everyone should check it out, but the ones that should be signing up are like enterprise level. Yeah, right now we're very focused on enterprise level organizations. So typically cool. ones that have, you know, at least, you know, 50 sales reps or more, you know, it's kind of like okay. the, the sweet spot for it. I mean, we, we work with companies that are smaller than that. So don't, that's not like a hard and fast rule, but we're sure. very much looking for companies that understand and really drive basically take the podcast and just say, if you believe in this approach and you can actually get buy off inside the organization, Alice is an amazing tool, you know, an amazing platform for you to be able to instantiate because it, it fundamentally changes the approach on how you're actually, you know, personally connecting with people. Yeah. And then you got to train them to use it and got to get them to imagine. That's yeah, the, training actually is not, the, the training is actually not that hard at all. No? Right. I mean, it's, it's a very simple interface, not you know, the just, how, but more, like when and why and building it into the process and, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's interesting because you, you, you know, the sales reps, we, we do a lot of that. We have very, you know, a ton of best practices and we nice. have like really, really regimented training and it's also very much on an individual company basis. Like what are the, what are the main points that you need to, but there's like key use cases that, you know, you know, are, are the highest value ones, which are where we, where we see that with 90, 95% of our customers and we, can, we can pick those out and help, help drive those better. Sick, man. This has been awesome, dude. Thanks yeah. for coming on here. Casey, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I love the conversation and I'm looking forward to the uh, post-COVID daddy-daughter days, you know, double sure. D. For sure. For sure. Well, Tri- quad- quadruple D. Yeah. Trip, quadruple, 4D. Right. There you go. Daddy-daughter double D. Yes. That's yeah. it. There you go. Boom. We're going to start a trend, man. That's the next, that's the next 4D, app man. right there. That's the next um, one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we could talk about a million things. So maybe we'll have you come back in like the, the winter time or something and just sure, be chat some more because, uh, you know, we can talk BU. We got some other things that we got. We'll put uh-huh. them on the list. Um, but this has been great. Yeah. Thanks for coming down here. I learned a ton. Um, and for the people listening, if you learned a ton, and I freaking know you did because I ran out of paper. I have two pages of notes. Over there. <laughs> no paper left. There's none. There's no spots. There's no white yeah. mites. It's crazy. Um, I have to digest this episode, like a lot of us probably listening, for the next several days to be able to <laughs> take action. But this is <laughs> awesome. So thanks again, Greg. For, thanks uh, a lot for this uh, and we'll, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks everybody. We'll see you.